Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Thank you, Haley. That is my daughter, Haley, that does the intro voice, and I appreciate that. It's Friday, August 18th, 2023. Episode number 236 is coming at you. Let's talk about Castle Rock, Washington. Where do we start? How about I start with the steak? The Pit Crew Cafe hooked me up. They came and found me over at the production truck, and they said, what time would you like to eat? Well, you know, Mission Foods usually takes care of us for lunch and dinner, and I didn't get to have anything over there at the lunch place, and then uh, they found me, and I said, how about 3 o'clock? So they brought me a steak. I'm not a big steak eater, but it sure was good. They brought it over there while we were recording some of the stuff for uh, TV for FS1. So after we got done recording, we kind of split it up into some different little segments and they were breaking it apart and I got a a good bit of steak and it was really good and that's from the pit crew cafe there at the castle rock tt another big crowd just like last year probably not quite as big as last year but a really nice crowd was up there in castle rock washington Uh, new configuration of the racetrack chris carr said it was more like the racetrack of the 1990s i don't remember going there in the 90s i do remember watching some of the race footage from there I know there was a tunnel under the jump so they could keep the next group rolling underneath the, the jump to keep the next, you know, get the next group uh, lined up. And they were starting on the infield way back in the day. I do remember that. But uh, the new configuration meant the track time was a little bit longer uh, as far as lap times. But they were trying to make it where there'd be more passing zones, more racing action. So they went around turn one and into turn number two more and then like a hard 90 degree turn into the infield. And then a little short shoot. And then another right hand turn, but it was another 90 degree turn and a little bit of a run up to the jump. So last year, if you remember, they cut short right in the middle of turn one and then turned straight into the infield and then a quick right hander. But after that quick right hander, they were still turning right when they hit the jump and it cost, you know, quite a few accidents on that jump. So I like that a little bit better. And there were no actual crashes on the jump. There's a few, you know, pileups in that first corner because it is so tight. Let's talk about the Mission Super Twins. JD is still the man to beat out there, and he's pretty much the man to beat at every single TT we go to. Now, I remember, you know, back in the day when we went to a TT course, you had to think of Chris Carr, and then it went from Chris Carr to Henry Wiles, and, you know, depending on which TT track we went to, you got to throw J.R. Schnabel in the mix and a few others like that. But, you know, as of late, the last few seasons for sure, you know, if we're at a TT track, you got to think JD's the one to beat. And I talked about that a little bit last week on the podcast, but, you know, he started off the day very fast. A 2-2.822 was the fastest lap of all day, and that was done in qualifying by J.D. Uh, he went on to win heat race number one. Behind him was Meese. Robinson was third. Sammy Halbert on a Yamaha was fourth. Henry Wiles was fifth. Davis Fisher was sixth. Ben Lau seventh in the 37. And Bronson Bauman was eighth. Uh, only 16 riders made it all the way out there to Castle Rock. So they all made the main event. Heat race number two, the 32 Dallas Daniels looked really strong. The three of Briar Bauman was second. Johnny Lewis was third. He was up front quite a bit of the day. The 20 Vandekoy was fourth. Kobe Carlisle fifth. Michael Hill sixth. Casey Sisko seventh. And Scooter Vernon had qualified earlier in the day at like fourth. Was about sixth overall at the end of qualifying. But man, he was fast but fell off the start. And you know got up and then the bike ended up stalling on him. Or something happened to the bike a little bit later on. So... Uh, he was actually riding in both classes. I talked to him on that short break. I'm like, hey, man, you're qualifying so good on the on the Super Twin. Why even risk the single? And he goes, well, I got to talk to my sponsors. And 
he ended up, you know, parking the singles, which I thought was a good idea. You know, just focus on that super twin. Uh, there was no last chance qualifier, so everybody went to the main event right out of the heat race. In the Mission 2 Fast 2 Tasty Challenge race, it was JD grabbing the whole shot. He took the win. Dallas was second. Meese was third. And Breyer was fourth. So we had two Yamahas, an Indian, and a KTM. JD's fastest lap in that dash was a 23.079. So the track slowed down just a little bit. And then let's line them up for the main event in the Mission Super Twins. JD led until he crashed. After he crashed, you know, coming into the infield. So I think what had happened is they'd pushed, you know, the loose dirt and made a berm on the inside of that turn one and two. It looked like when JD got there, just looking at the replay, now I've seen it a couple different times, uh, somebody definitely got into that infield, you know, marker or berm and got some loose dirt out there on top of the groove. And when there's loose dirt on top of a hard-packed blue groove, man, it's just so slippery. I think of, like, polished concrete, and you throw a little bit of dust on there, and it you just you can lose your footing so imagine jd getting there first and you know washing the front end so he hung on to the motorcycle got up took off dropped back to fourth place and then he had to put a charge on the best he could do though at the end was get all the way up to third he caught meese with about two laps to go you know went for it made one little bobble and uh, just had to settle in there for the third spot so it's dallas daniels taking the win meese was second jd was third then you got Wiles up there to fourth and a best his best finish of the season. And then Davis Fisher, another top five. Six with Sammy Halbert, Robinson, Johnny Lewis, Ben Lau, and then Scooter Vernon with a career best finish with a top 10. I said 16 bikes earlier, but there were actually 18 bikes. And Breyer was credited with 18th. Not exactly sure what happened there. I didn't see him. It was off the screen. I'm hoping it was just... Uh, you know, a mechanical or something like that. And I, I didn't see him fall off. So um, maybe that's what happened to Briar. I haven't heard nothing from him. JD had the fastest lap of the main event with a 2-3.116. He led the first five laps. Dallas went on, you know, to win the last 23 laps. And he was fast in the main event too, a 2-3.127. So not too far off of JD's time. Dallas, with that win, completed the Grand Slam. So think about that. He's only in his second season. And he is now the second youngest rider to complete the flat track Grand Slam to Jay Springsteen. Uh, the last rider to complete a flat track Grand Slam was Briar Bauman in 2020. The points did tighten up with the win. Jared is now in the lead by one point over Dallas Daniels. And Meese has a podium streak of 12 in a row. J.D. Beach is third in the points. Briar Bauman is fourth. And Davis Fisher still in that top five in the point standings. Shift gears, parts unlimited AFT singles. It was Bruner fast qualifier with a 22.983. So just off the time, you know, of the JD Beach in the Super Twins class, but Bruner was fast. And, you know, before this season, I never really thought of him as a TT rider, but he goes out there and wins Peoria, comes out here to Castle Rock, sets fast time, wins the first heat race. Chase Sadoff was second in the heat race. Drain was third. Ott was fourth. Cole Fredrickson was fifth. And the California kid, Chad Coast, was sixth. Chase Sadoff did have the fastest lap of the heat race, 23.236. So the track, again, slowed down just a little bit as the day went on. Heat race number two is Dalton Gautier, who was strong all day. He was the winner there last year. Tanner Dean coming off the couch to get second. Maxwell was third. Dominic Cameron fourth and making his first main event. Mishler was fifth, and Taron Santero was sixth. Cop missed the main event in that heat race. So there was a, a little bit of a 
congestion in that first corner and it looked like cop got hit from behind by somebody you know they just all stacked up cop got hit from behind putting behind the eight ball a little bit he gets all the way up to seventh but still misses the main event uh, dalton's fastest lap of his heat race a 23.146 so it's a little bit faster than sat off in the first heat race uh which would set up for an excellent da- you know al am dallas honda challenge race dalton get, gets the win of that one tanner dean was second you got Bruner third, Sadoff is fourth. In the last chance qualifier, taking the top six out of there, the 26 taking the win, that is Aiden Rusevens, and he led every lap, and Cody Kopp was all over him like a cheap suit, but just couldn't make the pass and get around him, so he would settle for second. Trent Lowe was third, Declan Bender fourth, Olin Kistler from Castle Rock was fifth, and the last transfer goes to the 24 bike of Hunter Bauer. In the main event, it was Trevor Bruner leading from start to finish, but Tom Drain had the fastest lap with a 2-3.114. So the times were very consistent between you know all the front runners. But Drain was stuck back in traffic and still had the fastest lap of the race. But passing out there was hard to do. I know they tried making the track better. Uh, the only other thing I could think about doing for, for making more passing lines is maybe you know in that first round of practice, put some cones, put some markers out there, especially in turns one and two. And at the opposite end, which is normally the short track turn three and four, at least for that first round of practice, or maybe even do it in that second round of practice, you know, set the line and then slide the cones out and make a a wider line and then bring the cones back in. I don't know. Um, I think they need to do something out there to create more passing lines to make a little bit wider groove. Um, I think that could help. I'm not sure. I'm not that familiar with that place. I know they put new surface out there. Uh, the track was great. It was smooth. It was fun. It was fast. It was just very, very hard to pass. So Bruner grabs the win. Dalton Gautier second. You got Tanner Dean third. Tanner got up to second for a little bit because Bruner made one little mistake. When he made that little mistake, it stood Dalton straight up, and Tanner slid up there to second for just a few laps, and then Dalton got him back. So, again, it was Bruner, Dalton Gautier, Tanner Dean, Max Whale, and Tom Drain, the top five. Sadoff will get sixth. Uh, seventh would be the 19 of Ott, his teammate Chad Coase up there in eighth. Roos Evans was ninth, and Cody Kopp followed Roos Evans towards the front and gets tenth. But, you know, they started away at the back, and, again, hard to pass. It was a, a you know, salvage some points for Cody Kopp. During the races, I actually heard, uh, I got a text message from Allen at Racing Unlimited and said that Tanner Dean will be riding Springfield on a twin. Earlier this year, we we. We heard that Tanner Dean was retiring. Well, he's awfully young to retire, and maybe he just needed a little bit of a break. He was out there. I, I texted him on. Uh, we went back and forth on Instagram a little bit, and he said, "Man, I just I'm ready to have some fun." And I've said this all all year long, but especially when I talk about Justin Jones, he wasn't out there in the West Coast the last couple rounds. But when you're having fun, you're not feeling the pressure, and you're riding relaxed, and you're riding smooth. And when you're doing that, you're going fast. So uh, that maybe that's what Tanner needed, just a little bit of time off. So we'll see how he does out there at the Springfield Mile in a couple weeks. Yamaha won everything but the second heat race of the singles class, and that was Dalton Gautier. So they uh, fast qualifiers. They won every heat race but one. They won both challenge races and both main events. So a clean sweep by the Essence and Yamahas except one heat race. Let's shift gears one more time. Lords of Dirt, Missoula short track at the Western Montana State Fair. So it's a hard one for me because I have to drive all night. 
What I learned last year is that Ralph Shaheen and I went to go eat after the Castle Rock TT was over. Well, this year I got a steak. So I'm like, I'm not going to eat when we get done. So I took off straight after the race, drove overnight to Missoula, Montana. It's about eight and a half hours the way that uh, my GPS routed me. I guess there was a rock slide on the way I went last year, but we get there early in the morning. People are signing up, practice, uh, get started, and then we uh, run all the way through practice. And then they stopped and did qualifying for the hooligans. And they did rodeo the night before, so it was a very tight, very small track. But they, uh, you know, they graded it off, but then they kind of left it loamy. They had something like the Harley rake that AFT uses occasionally. Uh, that way they could keep moisture in the racetrack. And just, you know, when they had to stop for track prep, they just ran out there with, with the water truck. Then they drag it just like they were doing at Lima and then get right back to it. So the Grand National Hooligan Championship Series was there. There was about 18 bikes. So after all the practice was done... They sent the hooligans out there about three bikes at a time to, for three laps, and that would get them qualified into a heat race. So uh, then we ran all the heat races all the way through. And then if there's a few small classes, we ran their main events early in the afternoon. So we got all that done, took a break. Uh, the Freestyle Motocross guys set up their stuff. Uh, showtime starts at 6 o'clock. At the end of the national anthem, the Freestyle Motocrossers go, and they jump. You know, there's about three of them or there were three of them, they jumped about six times. So we take a few minutes to lower down that landing ramp. We left the takeoff ramp right there in the infield, uh, dragged the track, missed the track real quick, and we start going. We ran the first four main events. Um, then we stopped and did the pro dash for cash. Well, the pro riders qualified earlier in the day, and I believe there was 15 of them, and we had three heat races. They took the top four out of the heat races, so... There was no last chance qualifier, and the top two out of the heat races went into the dash. Well, they did the dash for cash race number five of the night, and they did it like Corey Texter did down there in uh, the winter throwdown. They put all six bikes out there. They would take off with the green flag, come around, get a white flag, come around, get a checkered flag. At that point, whoever's in last place got eliminated. So we did that race. We did that. We did that. We did that again, and we got down to the final two. And it was Declan Bender taking the win. And I believe Tyler O'Neill finished second in that uh, dash. But he won $1,929 for those, you know, during those first three, three or four or so main events. The six riders that made the dash went up there in the crowd with their helmets, raised some money, you know, and the, the people donated. You know, they put uh, $100 bills in the helmets. They had some $50 bills and a bunch of ones. So congratulations to Declan winning the $1,929 just for the dash. After that, the rest of the main events came up. We went through them. In just a couple of races after that dash, we had the, uh, the intermission break. And during the intermission break, we had live music out there. In, this, in, the, in the middle of the track, they came out on a trailer, and they had another truck pulling a generator behind them. At the same time the live music was going on, they had the freestyle motocross guys. They brought their own announcer. You know, he just basically set everybody up, told everybody who who the riders were, where they're from, give them the spiel on on what's going on. And then the live music started. The freestyle motocross went for a while. When that was done, lower that down, take the band off the racetrack, get into the rest of the races. Shortly after that intermission break was the pro main event. Declan Bender took the win. Tyler O'Neill was second. Jaden Kennedy was third on Kawasaki. Richard Pollock was fourth. And Steve Liberty, former number 72, national number 72, was fifth. 
uh, in the Grand National Hooligan Championship Series. Again, there were 18 bikes earlier on in the day, three heat races. Uh, during the night program, they did have that one last chance qualifier. But in the main event, it was Tony Alves taking the win. Kyle Ragsdale was second. Sam Cover was third. Rory Whitney was fourth. And Craig Reynolds rounding out your top five. And I just got to say, it was such a fun event. The grandstands were packed. The half sh- halftime show was awesome. The Scurfs were the band, and everybody loved the Scurfs. They must be a local local band out there. Extra special thanks going out to Ryan. Ryan Montgomery brought me out there again and sent me a really nice message after I left. Tyler Clark, who was uh, racing until he had to get off earlier this year, he was basically you know, kind of helping out, make sure the track was good. The Flagman Cal was awesome. Alex and Lucky did a great job with uh, timing and scoring and uh, helping out there on staging, on staging and making sure everybody lined up right. And a big shout-out going to Montgomery Distillery. Well, before I let you go, I don't have anything going on this weekend. Tomorrow is actually my birthday, so I'm going to celebrate my birthday. Uh, my mom came to town, uh, went and saw Graham, and my Aunt Connie's still here after Sturgis and you know, spending some time with the family this weekend, You know, getting ready for, for next weekend. I'm going to Kansas City on Saturday night for the uh, the race in Odessa, Missouri, the I-70 Speedway where AFT went last year. It's a Steve Nace race. Also next weekend will be Corey Texter's race out there in Hagerstown. That's a two-day race. And then we'll start getting ready. We'll start gearing up for the Springfield Mile. There are a lot of rumors going on about silly season. I, I know a few of them that I've been hearing quite a bit about, but I'm hearing there's going to be another brand in the Super Twins class which that would be exciting to see if that really happens. I'm hearing some some doors are opening, some doors are closing for some folks, and I know a lot of the big teams can't really announce that until the end of the season. I know that's how the, the factory Harley, you know, that's what they did. You had to wait until December 31st before you could say that you're not riding for them anymore and stuff like that. But uh, we'll get into the silly season stuff. It's coming up real soon, and I'm hearing a lot of rumors, so I'm going to have to start calling some folks and have Haley help me figure out how to uh, interview some people back on Off the Groove. Since I took over by myself, I haven't got that quite figured out just yet. Um, but I'm going to work on that. You know, the season's almost over. I'll slow down a little bit, not for very long, though, because I got Enduro Cross starting up pretty soon. And then uh, some other stuff happening this winter that I can't talk about just yet either. But uh, a big shout out once again to Jim and Pat for that important paperwork that they emailed me. Uh, uh, thank you to Sluggo, Sluggo Racing, who's helped many racers, definitely is a big supporter of Tyler Raggio. And then uh, a shout-out going to Tim at Pro Plates. He hooked me up with some some number plate stickers, and he brought them to me at the Peoria weekend. And I got them on Thursday night there at the Country Saloon. And, you know, Tim's awesome. He's been doing the number plates and graphics for a lot of people for a long, long time. So if you need any number plates, number plate stickers, you know, you need to make your, your bike look good. Get a hold of Tim at Pro Plates. He knows what he's doing, and he gets it done quick. You will not be sorry that you did. So thanks to all those folks, and thanks to all the listeners. You know, smash that like button. Tell all your friends about the podcast, and we'll talk to you right here next week on Off the Groove. Off the Groove.